finish up the chapter of, uh, in Mark chapter 10. And so we'll be in 46 through 52 today, Mark 10, 46 through 52. In the early 7th century, there was an extraordinary head of the Orthodox Church in Alexandria named John. He was known as John the Merciful for how he ministered. John was born into nobility as the son of the governor of Cyprus and raised in a devoutly Christian home. His family urged him to marry and have kids. Early, though, his wife and children all died, and he received uh, religious orders as a monk. And he became known to church leaders because of his compassion for others and because of his own personal holiness. He was appointed to the Chalcedonian Patriarch of the Church in Alexandria and served there from 606 to 616. Now, he was the same as a high church leader as he had been as a monk. He fasted and prayed regularly. He had a great love for people and made himself available to them. He considered his most important mission to be generous. And the first thing he did as bishop was to give to the poor and downtrodden in the city, which turned out to be over 7,000 men. And he ordered that they be given something each day out of the church's treasury. Twice a week, he came out of the cathedral to receive people, to settle disputes and help those who were wronged. He visited the sick, sick and suffering. He corrected corruption that was going on in the church and helped the church to be more compassionate by making hospitals and schools and homes. One day, he was on his way to church. It happened that he met a very needy and unfortunate widow. And she spoke to him at length about her misfortune and complaints. And those who were with him became bored with the woman's lengthy uh, complaint and urged the bishop to hurry up and let's go to church. And you can listen to her later. And he said to them, how will God listen to me if I don't listen to her? Another time, there was a person who was continually asking for benevolence, but wasn't really in need. And he was found out by those who were in charge of the distribution, who promptly told the bishop. And John said, give the man what he's asking for, because he may be the Lord in disguise. But here's my favorite story. A rich man wanted to honor John and gave him a magnificent covering for his bed. John accepted it for one night and then sold it and gave the money to the poor. And the rich man bought it back from the buyer and presented it to John a second time with the same result that John sold it and gave it to the poor. And this was repeated several times. And the patriarch is quoted as saying, we'll see who tires of this game first. (laughs) John the Merciful. So-called because he understood that people, especially the poor, mattered to the Lord. He was able to see everyone as being part of God's family. He helped the church to understand the role that we are meant to play as Christians, that we are meant to be Christ's hands and his feet. What he would do if he were here in the flesh. John the Merciful. What would your name be? What adjective would most be associated with your life as you live it? What act are you most known for which you might be remembered long after you're gone? The scripture we studied today is about mercy. Listen to an insightful definition I found this week. Mercy is a love that responds to human need. 
in an unexpected or unmerited way. Mercy is at the core of God's character that we see all over Scripture. The psalmist writes, his mercies are new every morning because the foundation of the covenant between Yahweh and his people is God's loving kindness. So when Jesus tells his disciples, I desire mercy, not sacrifice, he's quoting a core lesson from Hosea for the church. So today we study how God's mercy profoundly changes lives and how it then becomes part of the person who receives it. So hear God's word from Mark 10, 46 through 52. They came to Jericho. As he and his disciples and a large crowd were leaving Jericho, Bartimaeus, son of Timaeus, a blind beggar, was sitting by the roadside. When he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Many sternly ordered him to be quiet, but he cried out even more loudly, Son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus stood still and said, Call him here. And they called the blind man, saying to him, Take heart, get up, he is calling you. So throwing off his cloak, he sprang up and came to Jesus. Then Jesus said to him, What do you want me to do for you? The blind man said to him, My teacher, let me see again. And Jesus said to him, Go, your faith has made you well. Immediately he regained his sight and followed him on the way. Now this is a story with a lot of movement. Jesus is going to Jerusalem with his disciples. It is the time of Passover and the roads are full. And it was required of males 12 years and older who lived in a certain radius of Jerusalem to go to the city each year for the feast. And those who could not attend would often line the streets to wish the travelers a good journey or to walk with them on part of the way. Now Jerusalem is about 15 miles from Jericho, so Jesus is almost at his destination. We see he is leaving Jericho with his disciples and a large crowd. So we're going to talk about the man, the crowd, and then the miracle, allowing this story of mercy to be our map. So let's talk about the man. In many Bible headings and in children's stories, this is titled, The Healing of Blind Bartimaeus. Now, I don't love it. I don't love it that people call him that, as if not being able to see is his only characteristic. Yes, he was blind, but what else was he? Just from this short story, there's a lot we can tell about him. He was persistent. He was kind of a character. He was impetuous. He was informed about the news of the day. He had discernment to recognize Jesus. He was not afraid to be helped. He was a contrarian. He was exuberant. Now, it's a big deal that we know his name, since many remain unknown in Bible stories. Bar means son of... So he is son of Timaeus, which is repeated there again for you. His name means worthy of honor. So we might take from this that in God's mercy, everyone has a name. Do you know what else we know about him? I was thinking, even though he's destitute and he's blind, he's asking for money by the side of the road. He's an easy target for mean people. He still believes in the mercy of the Lord. He's not embittered. He's not cynical. 
He has not walked away from who he has known God to be. Where does Bartimaeus get the idea that God's unexpected favor would be available to him? Even though he cannot see and he is a beggar, he believes and acts wholeheartedly on the overwhelming love and mercy of God. Bartimaeus is an extraordinary person. This is the only time that the title Son of David is used in Mark. And it's meaningful because as Jesus goes into Jerusalem, we know that palm branches will be waved. That just tomorrow from this day, people will be shouting, Hosanna, blessed is the name of the one who comes in the Lord. And here is Bartimaeus calling him the son of David, the Messiah, the one who is from the kingly throne of David. And Jesus accepts this title from Bartimaeus because he recognizes who is walking past him and knows that Jesus can help him. Also, we need to think about where they are. They're in Jericho. Remember the story of Jericho from Joshua. That the Israelites surrounded the city and walked around the city seven times, seven days in silence. And on the seventh day, they shouted loudly and the walls came down. What is Bartimaeus doing? He's shouting for the Lord outside the walls of Jericho. What a great parallel. Both stories of miraculous deliverance that only God could bring. In one, the Lord takes down the literal walls so the Israelites can have victory. And in the other, the wall around Bartimaeus comes down. So he could have victory over his physical ailment. In God's mercy, everyone has a name. Jesus knew Bartimaeus. Jesus knows your name. Jesus knows the name of those who are asking for help on the freeway on-ramp in Santa Barbara. And those who are in war-torn Yemen. And every refugee seeking a safe place. His mercy is not just for some. It is for everyone. Now let's turn to the people. There's a sizable crowd that is around with Jesus. They could be using this travel time as a time to listen to Jesus' teaching, as that was the custom of the day. Now when Bartimaeus starts shouting for Jesus to have mercy on him, Mark tells us that many in the crowd sternly told him to be quiet. We don't know if it was the people who were lined up or those who were traveling with Jesus, but regardless... This makes us remember how often the poor and the disabled in society get treated this way. Because they don't have a place in community. Because they're not part of the elite who are with important people. Because they're interrupting people's lives as they go about them. Those on the margins are often treated with disrespect. But in God's mercy, everyone has a voice. Have you ever been someplace in public and somebody just starts yelling at somebody else? I had kind of a jarring experience in my first year of ministry. And I can tell you this story because everyone in the story has passed away or moved away. Because it happened on a trip with seniors over over like 22 years ago. Uh, We were all in the van on our way to L.A. And one of the ladies decided to take off her sweater. That was her big error. All of a sudden, people in the back row just lit into her. What are you doing? 
Why can't you wait? It's not that hot. Are you going to take off your seatbelt? You know that that's not safe. You're hitting the man next to you. You should stop. And I was like, what is happening right now? I felt like I was back in junior high. And I was such a young pastor, and I was completely out of my league <laughs> for dealing with this kind of judgmental confrontation. So I just kind of let it go. Now I would do something completely different. But at that time, I didn't really know what to do. Bartimaeus is crying out for God's mercy, and he's being shamed for it. They told him to stop shouting, which made him shout even more. As we know, crowds get emboldened when they work together. But we read this and we wonder, why didn't anyone say to Jesus, Jesus, would you help Bartimaeus? Jesus, I don't know if you can hear him, but there's this guy that keeps yelling for you to help him. Everyone just ignored him. As if those who are needy just become part of the landscape and their voices are ones that we can't hear anymore. Will no one stop the parade of people to ask Jesus to consider offering compassion? Because in God's mercy, everyone has a voice. So in the church, we have to ask ourselves, how is it that we have silenced those who have asked for mercy? When have we squashed a person's request for help? Part of what's going on here is that those who are able-bodied are getting their needs met with Jesus, and they don't want to be bothered. But we don't ever want to be people who sit in here on a Sunday morning while people outside of our doors are hurting, and we turn a deaf ear to that. Are we merciful to those who are crying out? And then we think, well, if we lack mercy, which all of us do at some level, why do we lack mercy? Well, there's compassion fatigue. There's so many needs everywhere. It's very difficult for us. But there's also not thinking that certain people deserve it. That person doesn't deserve mercy because of their life or what they've done or they deserve it. There's also having what we need and not thinking about anyone else. And there's also being too busy to help other people. But what we also see here is how in God's mercy, everyone can change. When Jesus stands still, I think he stands still on purpose. He doesn't go to the man. Him standing still means that he is enlisting the help of those who are around him. Maybe some of the same ones who were just telling the guy to be quiet. So now Jesus is changing the power differential with the crowd by saying, hey, you here who are judging him, how about you go get him? Because now that allows the people to be part of the miracle. It allows them to serve. Because it's by serving those who are in need that our hearts are changed. Our hearts are broken. They change from telling him to be quiet by telling him, take heart. He's listening to you. Come on. And they had to get Bartimaeus to the Lord because he couldn't see him. Jesus is helping the crowd as much as he is helping Bartimaeus. Listen to what John the Merciful says. If you are able to enter the church day and night and implore God to hear our prayers, how careful we should be to hear and grant the petitions of our neighbor in need. May we be open to those moments that God directs us to bring someone to him 
And if needed, may we be changed in the process. So let's turn to the miracle itself. Bartimaeus throws off his cloak when he is asked to come forward. Maybe he knows that he's not going to need that cloak anymore. That cloak that maybe kept him warm at night. Maybe the cloak that he sat on the ground on. Jesus then says to Bartimaeus, what do you want me to do for you? Now, this is the same question that Jesus asks James and John that we talked about a few weeks ago. Jesus gives people agency in how they answer because in God's mercy, everyone has a choice. Now, we might take it for granted that, of course, Bartimaeus would ask for his sight. But there are lots of things that he could have asked for. He could have just asked for money. He could have asked for food. He could have asked for justice from his enemies. But he asked to have his sight back, the most important thing from Jesus. He wants to be able to see everything around him and be able to participate in life, to be more than what the crowd thinks that he is. Because Bartimaeus has been reduced to all people can see about him, which is his disability. But that's not all he is. Unlike James and John who ask for special favors, Bartimaeus asks for the wholeness that he believes Jesus has come to bring. In God's mercy, everyone has a choice. Bartimaeus is given sight because God has answered his petition. And Jesus says, this has happened because of Bartimaeus's faith. So God is merciful and Bartimaeus believes in him. No longer does he need to sit out life. He gets to go with the crowd to Jerusalem. With his newfound sight, he chooses to follow Jesus. Listen to words from Isaiah 42. I will lead the blind by ways they have not known. Along unfamiliar paths, I will guide them. I will turn the darkness into light before them and make the rough places smooth. These are the things I will do. I will not forsake them. In the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus says this. Blessed are the merciful, for they will receive mercy. This is something that I've always read to mean that we get mercy from the Lord when we give mercy away to other people. But this week I've been thinking about it in a different way. This passage has made me think, what if those people who are unable to give away mercy to others are that way because they themselves have never understood mercy. That they themselves have never been able to receive mercy from the Lord. When Jesus came, he taught stories about mercy, such as the Good Samaritan, which is in response to an expert of the law who comes and he's trying to understand what it means to have eternal life. Who is my neighbor, he says to Jesus. So Jesus tells the story. And as he does, he is highlighting the mercy of the person who stopped and helped the man on the road who had been beaten. And so Jesus says to the man, who is the neighbor? And the man says, the one who showed mercy. You see, Jesus is teaching that showing mercy is necessary for eternal life. How did God, in his great mercy, find you? And how has his mercy changed you? How is it changing you still? 
In what ways is he asking you to call others to him so that they might know his mercy and might bring healing to them? We don't know much about John the Merciful, but somehow along the way, he accepted fully the mercy that God offered, and it infused every part of his life. Blessed are the merciful, for they will receive mercy. In this story, Jesus changes everything by offering unexpected kindness to those who are crying out to him. So may we continue to expect the mercy of God to reach out to all of us. Let us pray. Thank you for listening. If you would like to learn more about the Free Methodist Church of Santa Barbara, you can visit us online at fmcsb.org. We pray this message has been a blessing to you.